Welcome to the sermons of Steve Galloway, pastor of First Baptist Church, Macon, Mississippi. Let us join together and study God's Word and apply it to our hearts so that we may learn His truths and live faithful, obedient lives. May God bless our time together. Let me invite you to turn your Bibles to James chapter 5, verse 12. Dealing with one verse today. Then we'll have about two more uh, messages out of the book of James. And I believe the Lord's leading me towards the book of Colossians. I don't think I've preached that here. So pray for me as I prepare that. Allow me to read James chapter 5, verse 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. But your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Your Lord, give us wisdom and guidance as we study your word today. Open our hearts to this truth. Lord, help us to be truthful in all that we say and do. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word that we count on each time that we study it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I know some of you may not have been able to be here last week. Last week we dealt with the uh, verses 7 through 11 of chapter 5, and that dealt with patience and endurance. And really it's how we deal with the trials of life and also the temptations of life. We realize from the earlier parts of James chapter 1 that the trials that we come are often from God as a way of testing us to see Are we truly faithful to Him? Are we truly believing Him? Are we truly counting on Him to give us the wisdom and guidance to know what to do? So the patient, the the trials are basically in order to help us to grow in patience and understanding of God and to trust Him more and more each and every day. Then we also saw earlier in James that we also face temptations. Those temptations can come from a lot of different areas, from other people, from Satan himself. And last week, James talked about how we can look towards other people to see the evidence of patience and endurance. He pointed us to the prophets and how they showed patience even when they were persecuted for their faith. Then he pointed us to the uh, man named Job and said, look at Job. And Job faced much adversity. He lost his family, lost his livestock, lost his own health. And his friends, or so-called friends, came and accused him that something was wrong with him between him and God, or otherwise he would not be facing all these trials. And Job was found faithful before the Lord, and the Lord restored him. But it took a lot of patience and endurance for him to get to that point. So today we're going to be focusing on how do we express ourselves in the fallen world around us. Uh, Have y'all heard the term misinformation lately? It's all in the news. It's basically everybody saying that what you're hearing from certain news sources is misinformation, it's lies. So misinformation is basically just another word for lies. And our world is filled with misinformation or false uh, tellings of uh, things trying to lead us astray, to mislead us, to, to make us believe something that is not true. So how do we as Christians deal with the people in our world because the large majority of our world have a different worldview. They do not have a Christ-centered worldview. So how do we as Christians convey the truth 
that we know is true from the Word of God, how do we convey that truth to the world around us to where they will actually believe that what we have to say is the truth? Uh, Christians are always going to be uh, faced with this dilemma because the large majority of the world just simply does not believe what we believe. So how do we get that message across to others? Well, James is talking about using oaths or swearing. Well, more than likely, we have all been guilty of doing that somewhere along the way. I hope you don't do this, but sometimes you'll hear somebody say, I swear to God. Well, we're going to see how detrimental that could be in just a moment. But some people say, well, I'll, I'll place my hand on the Bible because we see people doing that in a court of law. You ever heard somebody say, well, I swear on my mama's grave. I was watching a show one time and two guys were together and they were talking to somebody. He said, well, I swear on my mama's grave. The guy beside him said, your mama isn't dead. He said, I know that and you know that, but he doesn't know that. But folks, you know, we can do anything to try to convince somebody else that what we're saying is true. I don't know about y'all, did y'all grow up where if you crossed your fingers and held it, by, held it behind your back that you could lie and it'd be okay? I did. Some of y'all shaking your head yes and no. So some of y'all grew up that way. Y'all do know a lie is a lie, right? No matter if you cross your fingers, cross your eyes, cross your toes or anything else, a lie is a lie. So basically... God, through his word, through James, as well as Jesus himself, are telling us there's no need to take an oath. There's no need to swear to God, to, to anything else, to try to convince somebody that what you're saying is the truth. So, really about the only times that we see that oaths are valid are like in a court of law where it's not that we are about to lie, but the people who are hearing our testimony want to know that we are truthful. And by placing our hand on the Bible and say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God, they're basically saying I am under oath and that there could be recourse for anything of a lie that I might share. Now, even the Bible has many examples of oaths being given. God himself said, I swear unto myself, Jesus likewise. And basically what these are saying is this is a powerful testimony of what is being said. And so we're not talking about an oath of that nature. We're talking about frivolous oaths, basically saying, you know, you're trying to convince somebody that what you're saying is the truth. Well, we as Christians should never have to try to convince somebody that we're the truth, that we're saying the truth. We should always be truthful so that people know that we're being truthful. So if we're always truthful, then people should understand that anything comes out of our mouths is the truth. Well, Jesus himself pretty much uh, says the same thing as James here. So James is really kind of quoting what Jesus said. If you want to look, it's in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Here's what Jesus says. First, he quotes basically what the, the scribes and the Pharisees were saying. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told... You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, 
or about Jerusalem, for it is the great, uh, the city of the great king. Now shall you, nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. Now, basically what Jesus was saying is that you've heard from the prophets, from the scribes, that they have said, you shall not basically make a vow, do not make a false vow, that you shall fulfill whatever vows that you say to the Lord. Well, if you look at these Jewish scribes, what they had done is they added multitudes of rules and regulations to try to say, okay, here's the law of God. Now, here's how you actually obey the law of God by adding all these things. So when they said, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord, there's really nothing in itself wrong with that statement. But here's what Jesus is pretty much saying. He knows the heart of those who wrote this. And he also knows that they had kind of made some stipulations, some, some hierarchy as to what the truth was. If you made a vow unto the Lord, then it was binding. So in other words, if you made a vow unto the Lord, you better keep it. Because everybody knew if you made a vow to the Lord, it was truly binding that God, God could judge you if you did not do so. But anything other than a vow to the Lord himself was less binding or even non-binding. And so the Jewish people were taught, okay, we'll talk about things of God, but not God himself. I will make an oath to heaven or to earth. Well, or to the city of Jerusalem. Well, it sounds kind of like you're talking about God. Well, Jesus is saying you are talking about God because heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool, and Jerusalem is the great city of God. Then he says, you know, how about, about, how about making an oath or swearing upon your own head? Well, Jesus obviously did not live in today's time because he says you cannot change the color of your hair, either white or black. Well, obviously some people can today. But what he is saying, in, in essence, is, you know, even your own head, you are made in the image of God. So we're all part of God. So do not swear. Do not make an oath at all. Just let your yes be yes, and your no mean no. And that's exactly what James is talking about. So if both passages, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and what James is saying here in, Matthew, in James chapter 5, uh, are true, and we know that they are true, then we need to just stand on the merit of our own words. If we speak, then the words that come out of our mouth need to be truthful. We just need to simply speak the truth. So if we say yes to something, then the merit of our words yes should mean yes to anybody who hears it. And the same principle goes if we say the word no. So James is simply reminding us, his audience, that truth spoken first is important. We need to always speak the truth, just as Jesus Christ himself told us to let our yes be yes and our no mean no. So we as Christians, as children of God, must learn that we are actually representatives of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
So if we are representing Jesus, if we are living according to His will, if we are surrendered to His Holy Spirit working in us and through us, then what we say and what we do ought to be like Christ. We ought to show the world who Christ is through us. So what we say and what we do should always be honest. It should always be forthright. It always should be representative of the truth of God. So why did Jesus speak this way in Matthew chapter 5? Why is James basically repeating it here in James chapter 5? Why do we struggle with being truthful? Well, could it be that we're kind of given in to the ways of the world. Most people in the world are not truthful. And so, well, if nobody else is truthful, why do I need to be truthful? In other words, let's just kind of blend in. Let's just be like everybody else. If nobody else has to obey the law, then I don't have to obey the law. I can be not untruthful because nobody else is truthful. Could it be that we're not always honest with what we say for a couple different reasons. Number one, could it be that we are not honest so that we can get what we want? You know, kind of making people believe that I need something I don't really need to get something that we want. Could it be that sometimes we do not tell the truth because we want to tell the person what they want to hear? instead of what we ought to say. We're all guilty of it to some degree, aren't we? Could it be that we give over to dishonesty for any number of reasons? Whether it's because of what people expect, because of what we want, or just because it's the way of the world? Well, giving over to dishonesty greatly harms our Christian reputation. Basically, when we are dishonest, when we lie and people know that we've lied, they basically say, what's the difference between you as a Christian and me as a non-Christian? We both lie. And so we as Christians need to understand that we are not just human beings prone to lie. We are representing our Lord Jesus Christ and that our untruthfulness harms our Christian reputation. So we look and we see that Sometimes being truthful might cost us something. And that's one of the other reasons why sometimes we're not always truthful. We don't want to pay the cost of being truthful. Well, let's go back to what James was talking about last week. Do you remember the prophets? He talked about them. The prophets spoke the truth. They spoke the Word of God whether they wanted to or not, they knew that they were under God's control and that every word that came out of their mouths was of God. Do you know what they spoke? They spoke condemnation to the nation of Israel because of their sinfulness. Do you think they were very popular people? No, they were very much persecuted. Some of them were actually murdered, a martyr's death for following the will of God. It cost them greatly to be truthful to speak the words of truth, to speak the words of God. Jesus' own disciples. After Jesus arose from the dead, after he ascended, he sent out his disciples out into the world 
to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And according to extra biblical information and historical text, we believe that all but the Apostle John died martyrs' deaths because of the truth that they were preaching. What does it cost to tell the truth? For most of us, we're not going to be persecuted. We're not going to die a martyr's death just simply because we're telling the truth. But would we tell the truth as that was the outcome? Well, that brings us to kind of another part of this message. What is it that we as Christians are supposed to be proclaiming? We're supposed to be proclaiming the message of salvation. We're supposed to be claiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be letting the world know that Jesus is our Savior and our Lord and that he died for the sins of all men. That's what we're supposed to be proclaiming. And so could it be that we might feel that as we proclaim those truths that we need to try to find some way to convince others that what we're saying is the truth so we might use a, an oath or swear that this is the truth to try to help them to understand that what we're saying is true. Well, do you really think that the powerful Word of God with the Holy Spirit behind the Word of God penetrating hearts needs us to try to convince somebody that what we're saying is the truth? If you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jews first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. Do you see anywhere in there that we need to help the gospel in any way? No. We should not be ashamed of the gospel, which means that we should be freely proclaiming it anywhere and everywhere we go. But it says, it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power. We are not the power of the gospel. We cannot do anything to force anyone to accept the gospel. When we share the gospel, it is the truth. It is the power of salvation. It is the word of God. And as we share the gospel, if I can convince somebody that the gospel is true, then somebody else can come along and convince them that it's not. Do you know how people actually come to faith in Christ? It's not because we convince them that what we are saying is the truth. It's because we are sharing the truth. Then the power of the Holy Spirit comes along with that truth, penetrates their hearts, and draws them to the Lord. And so it is the power of the Holy Spirit working with the power of the gospel that brings salvation. I have absolutely no power to save anybody, nor can you. None of us can convince anybody to be saved. We can share with them our own personal experience, our own personal testimony. We can share with them the simple gospel plan of salvation. We can share with them how God is working in our lives today. We can share with them all sorts of things. But when we share the gospel, it is the gospel itself and the Holy Spirit that brings salvation. So if we are trying to convince somebody by making an oath or swearing that what we're saying is truthful, we're out of line. And that brings in the warning that we see at the end. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall 
under judgment. If we resort to using oaths and swearing to try to prove ourselves, then we might fall under judgment. By doing so, what we're doing is showing the God that we really don't believe that his message can stand alone, that he needs our help. Do you think God's word needs our help? No, he just needs us to be simply obedient to share his word, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even in our daily dealings with others, the simple truth is all that's needed. I've shared with you a simple plan of salvation. We call it the Roman Road. Part of it was found in our uh, script, uh, our uh, responsive reading today. For all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of sin, we are all condemned to death. The penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the answer. God, God so loved us that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we look at these simple truths and we say, well, maybe I need to add something to it to give us an extra punch. The truth is the truth, and God's Spirit will take that truth and penetrate a heart. To the point where you come to the point where you say, you know, Scripture says that anyone who confesses Jesus as Lord will be saved. Well, how do you confess Jesus as Lord? You basically pray through what we just shared. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that because of my sins, I deserve death, eternal separation from you. I believe that you want to give me your free gift of salvation through your son, Jesus. I believe that he died in my place for my sins. And so now I confess that Jesus is my Lord. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. And I believe that he is the power of salvation. Simple plan of salvation. We can all share that. Do we need anything else? Does God need anything else but the truth? No, we share the truth. Let his word stand on its own. Let the Holy Spirit take that word and penetrate a heart and draw a person to salvation. Otherwise, we have saved the person and then they can lose their salvation because we did not have the power to save them in the first place. So as a general rule, people will look at us and say, I may not agree with what you just said, but it's obvious that you believe it. And as a general rule, a lot of people will respect you for being truthful. They will respect us for knowing that whatever comes out of our mouths, we truly believe to be the truth. And that we're not trying to trick them, we're not trying to coerce them, that we're letting our words stand on their own. We're basically saying our yes means yes, our no means no, and what comes out of our mouths is the truth. And so they may not like what we say, they may reject the gospel, but they will, for the most part, respect us for believing what we believe. Now, in our world today, there's a lot of people that ridicule Christianity. They ridicule Christians for what they believe. That's fine. They ridicule the prophets. They ridicule the apostles. They even put many of them to death. The people were faithful to the truth 
of the Word of God. So we look and we see that God simply wants us to be His spokespeople, speaking His truth to the world around us, and let His truth do its work through His power, through His Spirit. So, why should we depend on any kind of an oath when the simple answer, yes or no, is sufficient? Could it be that we're not always telling the truth and we feel like we need to find some way to convince somebody that I may not always tell the truth, but what I'm saying right now is the truth? Folks, if that's your problem, then you just need to always be truthful. Because if they can't trust you over here, they're not going to trust you over here. If they can't trust you because you've already been lying on one issue, then why in the world are they going to trust you on the most important issue in the world, salvation? So we just simply need to always be truthful. So this passage reminds us that we as Christians represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in all that we say and all that we do. So we just simply need to live in obedience to his will as we live, we also need to be truthful in all that we say. We may simply speak the truth, allow his spirit, his power to take that truth and do its good work. I, I kind of wish that we had the power to save people, that we could pray enough, that we could find some scheme of convincing people that the gospel is true, but there again, if we can convince somebody humanly, somebody else can come along and convince them humanly that it's not. It is only the truth of God's word, the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel alone has the power of salvation because the Holy Spirit takes that truth and he penetrates hearts and he draws people to salvation. So how do people come to salvation? First, they must hear the Word of God. They must hear the Gospel. And then the Holy Spirit can and will work in their hearts and their lives and do all that He has ability to to draw them to salvation. Can He force someone? I don't think so. I believe that it's the spoken Word of God, the read Word of God, and the power of the Spirit that brings forth salvation. We have to be a part of that. So... Some people are saying, well, maybe I haven't lived a very truthful life. Maybe I'm not a good candidate. Well, you can start right now being truthful in all that you say and do. You need to live according to the Word of God and the will of God, even if it costs us. See, I think that's why a lot of people don't always, aren't always truthful. They're afraid that maybe it's going to cost them something. They're not going to get what they were kind of trying to get, or person they're talking to is not going to hear what they wanted to say or they're not hearing what they wanted to hear and so it's really really easy for us to bend the truth twist the truth not tell the truth so that people will just say okay you believe like I do because you're telling me what I want to hear so I'll accept you into my group what if we speak the truth and they don't like it and we get ostracized. We get pushed away. Is that okay? Well, we may struggle with it for a little while, but God basically says, well done. You spoke the truth. 
you stood up for the truth. Well done. What happens when we speak the truth? God will bless us. Many times that blessing is here on earth, but we know that there's going to be a time where he welcomes us into his heaven and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into your rest. So we look and we see it may cost us. It may cost us friendships. It may cost us a position in society. It may cost us a position at work simply because those around us don't like what we stand for. It may cost us our lives. Probably not living in this area of the world, but it could. What are we willing to pay to be messengers of God, to speak the truth? See, God has expectations. He already knows what the truth is. And he listens to us to see if we are standing up for his truth. Are we sharing the truth with the world around us, regardless of the cost? Are we trying to convince people by an oath or swearing? There's no need for that. The Word of God stands on its own. This is not talking about taking an oath in court just to prove that what you're saying is the truth. This is talking about frivolously taking an oath or swearing to try to convince somebody that what you're saying is the truth. With God's people, children of God simply need to speak the truth every day in whatever it is that we're communicating. We may not be communicating the, the gospel plan of salvation. We may not be talking about the Word of God. We might not be sharing with somebody how your morning devotion touched your heart and what it means to you and how you want to live it out. You may just be talking about football or the weather. Whatever you're talking about, may the words that come out of your mouth be the truth. Sounds simple, but we're so tempted to blend into society, to say what others want us to say, and that's where we are tempted fall into judgment. May we be found faithful. Let's bow together. Dear Lord, we come to you realizing that we are all weak. There's so many times that, Lord, we give in to the temptation, Lord, just to simply lie, to not tell the truth, or to twist the truth, or bend the truth. Whatever it is, it's simply a lie. So that those who hear it will accept what we have to say. Lord, we think that it might cost us anything, whether a friendship or a place in society or even a position at our work. Lord, whatever reason we have, help us to realize that it's not good enough reason to lie. Lord, your word is truth. And Lord, help us to share that truth with the world around us, even if it costs us something. Help us not to think that we can in any way convince somebody that what we're saying is the truth. Let the Word of God simply stand on its own. Let the Spirit of God work to draw people to salvation. May we be found faithful in sharing that truth. And Lord, in our everyday life, may we represent you by sharing the truth, by doing what is right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.